Matthew chapter 28. As you're turning there, let me ask you this question. What does go look like for you? What does, what does go look like for you? Just think about that for a moment. Nearly six months ago, we started this series called Juice. And we began the series by asking a very critical question. A critical question for those of us that are part of this movement called church. And the question is this, does the world need the church? Does the world need the church? And the answer to that question is yes. Or we have no reason for gathering as the church or being the church. We ask it a different way in the sense of does the world, do the communities in which we live, the community in which you live, does your campus where you attend school, does your school, does your place of work, do your neighbors, if you're part of the church, do they need you? I mean need you. Do they need those of us that have been transformed by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Do they need us? Do they need those of us that have been transformed by the very person of Christ? And the answer is yes. Well, if the answer is yes, why? The world needs the church because the church has what the world needs. We have a very transforming gospel. We have Jesus Christ. And we've used the analogy or the illustration of juice, right? For those of us that have been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're like this filled up glass of juice. And yet we live in a world and we live next door to people and we go to work with people and we live in or go to school and sit in the classroom with people whose glass is empty. It's empty. And so if this empty glass, if we have what the empty glass needs, the next question is how do we get the juice of the gospel of Jesus Christ into the empty glass? How do we do that? And that's what we've been answering over the past several months And we've been looking at and taking our cues from the New Testament church, the first century church, and saying, what did they do? How did they pour the juice of the gospel into the empty glass of their world? And we've answered that by observing them. And one of the ways they did that was by preaching Christ, by opening their mouths and telling people about the need for Jesus. Another way that they poured the juice was by obeying Christ, by doing what their Savior has called them to do. Another way that they poured the juice was by serving two communities, the community of the church and the community of those who are not part of the church. And they poured the juice by baptizing new disciples because when someone's baptized, they're putting on display what they've received on the inside. And they pour the juice by participating in the Lord's Supper because when we participate in the Lord's Supper, as Paul tells us, we're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. We're making Christ known. Then we looked at another way that they poured the juice of the gospel in the New Testament church was they loved one another because it was through their love for one another that people would see that they're followers of Jesus Christ, John 13, 35. But there's there's something else. In fact, what we're going to talk about tonight, all the others are dependent upon this one. They're all dependent upon it. They're all involved in it. So what is this final element The final element of pouring juice that we see in the New Testament is going and sending. Going and sending. All the other things that we've looked at from Scripture, that the early church, how they poured the juice of the gospel, 
all of them involve in some way going and sending. If you're going to go preach Christ, what do you got to do? You got to go. You got to go preach Christ. You got to go to someone and tell them about Jesus. If you're going to obey Christ, you got to go obey. You've got to go and do what you know Christ has called you to do or what Christ has called us to do as the church. If you're going to serve two communities, you got to go serve the church. We got to get up off our seats and we got to go serve one another. We got to go serve those that aren't, aren't part of the church. If we're going to baptize, you got to go and you got to say, listen, I want to follow Jesus with baptism. If you're going to participate in the Lord's Supper, it involves going and participating in the Lord's Supper. If you're going to love one another, you got to get up and go and love someone. All of these so far that we have talked about and seen and observed from Scripture when it comes to how the early church poured the juice involve going and sending. In fact, the whole mission of the church, not just living church, the whole mission of the church is dependent upon us as the church going and sending. Our whole vision of living church specifically is dependent upon us going and sending. We're going to take a look at that in a little bit. But tonight I want us to kind of just look at some observations from Scripture as it relates to going and sending. But I have to say this. I believe that going and sending has been reduced to a ministry of the church rather than it being the driving force of the church. Let me say it again. I believe that going and sending has been reduced to a ministry of the church rather than it being the driving force, the way of life for the church. And we're going to see from Scripture that going and sending was just, from the New Testament church, it's just what they did because of who they were. They didn't reduce it just to a particular ministry. They understood that because they're the church, they're to go. And because they're the church, they're to send. And so we want to look at some observations from several passages in the New Testament as it relates to this going and sending. In Matthew chapter 28, 16 through 20, let me read it for us. Because if we're going to pour the juice of the gospel, we must go. We must send. Matthew 28, verse 16 says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You know, I was reading this again today, just kind of, you know, reviewing it. And this thought came to me, has never come to me before, as I was kind of putting myself in the position of the disciples. I'm going, okay, if I'm the disciples and and Jesus is coming to me, I'm like, okay, this is great. You know, what's he going to do? What's what's he going to do? Right? And then he says this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And if you're a disciple, you're going, that's right, Jesus. It's all on you. What are you going to do, Jesus? Here we go. Then he says, therefore, and if you're a disciple, you're going, oh, man, therefore, something big is coming down that Jesus is going to do. Right? You're just thinking Jesus is going to do something huge here. He's just said, he's reminding us that he's got all the authority, all the power. He said, therefore, that's serious. Therefore, I'm going to do something. And what's he say? Go. Go. You know, if I'm a disciple, I'm going, oh, man, are you serious? I thought you were going to do something. But then this is what he says. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And and again, if I'm a disciple hearing this, I'm like, okay, okay. And surely I am with you always 
He's saying, it's on you to go. It's on you, the church, the, the leaders of the church, it's on you to go. Going and sending, and here's the first observation. Going and sending involves the releasing of the church to make disciples and make Christ known. Going and sending involves the releasing of the church. Who is Jesus talking to? He's talking to already made disciples. Were they perfect disciples? No. But they were disciples. They'd spent time with Jesus. They, they, they'd seen Jesus be God by the things that he'd done. They believed that Jesus was the promised Messiah come to rescue them from their sin. They believed that. And now Jesus says, listen, this mission that I came for, I'm transferring it over to you. It's on you now as the church. And he says this, he says, when they saw him, they worshiped him. Then Jesus came to them. You see the emphasis is on the disciples. And he says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He's saying, listen, it's on you now. It's your responsibility. We'll look at that in a moment. But going and sending is the releasing of the church to make disciples. The releasing of the church. Keep your finger in Matthew 28 and go to Acts chapter 1. Verse 8, the first observation I want us to get from this is that going and sending is the releasing of the church to make Christ known. He gives this mission to the disciples. Acts chapter 1, pick it up in verse 6. He says, so when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Again, you can kind of sense this. Okay, what are you going to do, Jesus? What are you going to do? You're going to do this? Is this the time? And he says to them, he's talking to the disciples. It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes and when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He's saying it's on you as the church, as the leaders of the church. And we can, and, and Brennan read it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul's writing and he's saying, We've been given this ministry. The church has been given the ministry. Going and sending involves the releasing of the church to make Christ known. Well, where do we release? Well, what's Jesus say? In Acts chapter 1a, he says, Jerusalem. That's where they were going. That's where they were going to start. Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. It, it starts now. If you want to, well, you know, I have it. Where do I go? Just go. Just, you don't have to go anywhere except outside your house. Just that's where it starts, Jerusalem, your, your place of work, you know, your house, your community, your neighborhood or city. You know, for some, going is going across the sea. But for others, going is just going across the street. It's just going across the street. And we've got to remember that. So where do you release? You release wherever God places you. Now, keep in mind, I never thought about this before, but when Jesus says, you know, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth, that was not a strategic plan of the disciples. It wasn't like the disciples got together and said, where are we going to start? Hey, let's start in Jerusalem, then from there we'll get together, and we'll go from there to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It wasn't their plan. That was Jesus' plan. And they didn't then, after Jesus said that, you don't read where they're going, okay, how are we going to make this happen? How are we going to get to those other places of the, of the world that Jesus just said? You have to keep in mind that for the disciples, they ended up in those places. Why? Because God himself took them to those places. Sometimes via persecution, he took them to those places. And so I get from that, you go wherever you are now. 
You go. You go make a disciple. Go tell people about Jesus. Go pour the juice right where you are now. And God will move you. God will take you places. And wherever you go, you go share Christ. Why? Because of who you are as the church. And so you release where? Everywhere. (laughs) Because everywhere you are, you go. With a mission to pour the juice, to make Christ known. You know, in the first century church, if you were to read the book of Acts, here's some of the places where they were going and sending. The early church was going and sending in the marketplace. We find them at times by a river, in jail, in a prayer meeting, in the religious centers, on ships, in court, wherever God took them, they made Christ known. Wherever they were, they made Christ known. Why? Because they understood it was their mission. It was who they were. They've been changed by Jesus Christ. How can we not wherever God takes us? So if we say, well, I don't know where to go, don't worry about that. Just go. Well, the, like I said, maybe it's to the next cubicle. Maybe it's across the hall. I don't, I don't know, but what does go look like for you? What does it look like for me? What does it look like for us as a church? Well, what are we releasing? We're releasing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're releasing and telling people an incredible message that they can go from old to new in Christ and they can go from dark to light in the sense of their sin can be set. They can be set free from their sin. They can go from death to life all because of Christ. We tell them that if you're here without Jesus, you are dead in your sin, separate from God. But because God loves you, he came to you in the person of his son, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for you, was buried and came back to life so that you could be set free and be brought back into the relationship with God. That's the gospel. And those who put their faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, they are set free and they are brought, brought back into relationship with the God who made them. That's the message that we share. That's the juice. It's all about Jesus Christ and what he's done. And we need to tell people that. We need to tell people that without Jesus, you are lost. You are separate from God in your sin, bound to an eternity in hell without Jesus. But that doesn't have to be your story. And that's what we see the disciples doing all throughout the New Testament. They're releasing all over the place, making Christ known. They're telling the gospel. And for us as living church, it's the same mission for us. I don't know if we can put that on the screen, Joseph. But it's the same mission for us. You see our logo. And there's an intentionality with the logo that it's, that it's a tree, several, a few trees. And you see the seeds releasing from the tree. That's what we're talking about. Because not because, oh, wow, that's a kind of cool logo for a church. No, because we believe that that illustrates the mission of the church. Whether that church is here in Cincinnati, Covington, I don't care where the church is. The mission of the church is to go, is to release and make Christ known. Jesus has given us the mission, and our mission is to go. And so these these trees visualize that for us. And up here, you may not be able to see it very well, but we have a map of greater Cincinnati, northern Kentucky. And overlaying that, we have our logo. And by that, we're saying, listen, the mission of us as living church is to release. Wherever God takes us, we're to share Christ, preach Christ, obey Christ, serve two serve communities, baptize, participate in the Lord's Supper, love one another, go, sin. Why? Because people need Jesus. They need Jesus. Jesus is the hope of the world. 
And we have a mission given to us to release, to go all over Cincinnati. And it, I'm just saying, you don't have to go, well, should I drive down the next street? I don't know. Just go across the street. Tell, hey, introduce yourself to a neighbor. I've never talked to them and I've lived there 15 years. Well, now's the time to start. That's why we're excited about new living communities multiplying. Going and sending is the releasing of the church to make Christ known. We release, we are the church, we go and we send. Go back to Matthew chapter 28. Interesting here in this phrase that Jesus uses in the language that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Again, he says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he says, therefore, go and make disciples. And the phrase make disciples is in the imperative. This is a command to the church. This is not an option for us as the church. We don't have, we do not have the option to sit here tonight and go, I don't really feel called to go. Jesus didn't give you that option. You don't have that as an option. He's not even inviting you. This isn't even an invitation. Hey, if you'd like to go tonight, you just come forward and you uh -uh, should. He's not even inviting you to go. He's saying, you better go. Go. I'm telling you to go. I'm commanding you to go as your savior, as your leader, as your king. Go. Because there's a whole world that needs me he says. And we've been given the mission. And so here, just in the, in the words Jesus uses, we see that going and sending is the responsibility of the church. Jesus did not give this mission to angels. He did not give this mission to the government. He did not give this mission to the workplace. He did not give this mission to colleges and universities or schools around our, our globe. He gave this mission to the church. It is our responsibility to make Christ known as the church. It's on us. It's our responsibility. So we go. We go. Making disciples is not optional. It's imperative. David Platt, who wrote the book Radical, um, he says this. He says, we, the church, are plan A, and there is no plan B. God gave the mission of making his son known to the world, to us as the church. It's on us. We have this responsibility to go. And you say, well, I'm not called to go. Yes, you are. If you're part of the church, you've already been called. Well, I haven't been sent. Yes, you have. Because Jesus in John chapter 17, verse 18 said, check this out. In his prayer, Jesus says to the Father, he says, I ask that you not take them out of the world. That's a pretty strong prayer request coming from Jesus. And all our focus is what? Getting out of this world. And Jesus is going, Father, don't take them out of this world. Don't. don't just protect them. Just, just protect them because they've got a mission. It's on them. They have a responsibility. And then later on, just a couple verses later, after Jesus says that, I think in verse 15, he says, I'm sending them. As you sent me, I'm sending the disciples. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And he's talking to the disciples. It's the responsibility of the church to go. And if you're not going, you can't say it's because I haven't been sent. You have been sent. I have been sent by Jesus himself. 
Going and sending is the releasing of the church. Going and sending is a responsibility of the church. And this is where conviction for me personally really starts to overwhelm me. Going and sending, just listen to this. This is really long, but I'm going to say it probably two times because we need to hear it. Going and sending is the reaction of a church compelled by the love of Christ, led by the spirit of Christ, and broken for a world needing Christ. Going and sending is the reaction of a church compelled by the love of Christ, led by the spirit of Christ, and broken for a world needing Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, go there. Brendan read it for us, but I want us to go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul's letter, second letter to the Corinthians, to the church living in Corinth, where he said, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 2, one of my all-time favorite verses is, for I resolved to know nothing, Paul says. I resolved to know nothing while I was among you except, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Memorize that verse. I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. What is it that motivates Paul to go make Christ known? Verse 14. He says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Paul gives his reason for making Christ known, reason for going through the sufferings that he went through, reason for saying, this is why I do what I do, even when it's hard. And he says this, the reason is found in that little word for. It's a reason. When you see the word for, he's saying, okay, let me find out what's, he, what's that there for? What's he mean by that? He's saying, this is, this is why we go, because Christ's love compels us. And the word compel has the idea of thrust or urge or force. Paul's saying the motivational force behind me going and telling you about Jesus is the love of Christ that I've received in Jesus. I think one of the reasons you and I and the church do not go is because we have not been gripped by the gospel. I'm guilty. This is where I'm reading this this week and I understand I'm going, you got a lot of work to do, Jones. Where are you at with this? Does the gospel grip me enough? Does the reality that Jesus Christ came to earth, died on the cross, was buried, God himself came back to life for me, does that grip me in that he has chosen me to be one of his own and now I'm, I'm set free from my sin? Does that grip me enough to where I can't help but tell people about him? Paul says, you, going and sinning, it's just a reaction out of the love that I've received from Christ. It's just a reaction. I don't know if you saw it this week, but um, there was media day for the Super Bowl. I mean, every for the two weeks, it's media day. But there was a Tom Brady lookalike. I don't know if you guys saw that. I was just kind of, you know, going on the Internet, and a guy, um, it was amazing. He didn't really look anything <laughs> like Tom Brady because Tom Brady now has like short hair. This guy had longer hair, um, kind of when Tom Brady did. But he went to media day, dressed up in a number 12 jersey, had the football pants, the cleats, and everything. 
I think he had the helmet and everything. And what was funny was one of the headlines on, on one of the web pages that, that I looked at was Tom Brady lookalike shows up at media day. So much so that the media, which blows me, I don't know how, but the media, some of them went straight to this guy and started asking him questions, thinking initially that he was Tom Brady. You know, it didn't take long before they realized this is not Tom Brady. But the guy looked like Tom Brady. And, and if, if I remember the article right, it was basically saying, he's like, well, I'm from Missouri and I'm a big, you know, New England Patriots fan. And, you know, we thought, let's go to media day. So I thought I'd just dress up. And like, he was compelled to go. Why? Because he was in love with the Patriots, I guess you would say, or infatuated with the Patriots or, or whatever, a fan of the Patriots. And he was compelled to go to the point to where people came to him. Are we compelled enough by Jesus Christ and the love of, of him in our lives and that nothing can separate us from his love so much so that people see a difference in us to the point where they're coming to us? What is it that you have? Because what you have, I need. Going and sinning is a reaction of a church that's compelled by the love of Christ. Acts chapter 13. Go there. Acts chapter 13. Man, the gospel has got to grip us again, church. It just, it just does. And it's not the gospel's fault. We've got to get back to knowing Christ and who he is and what he's done for us and the love we've received in him. Acts chapter 13. In the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and the next name... I got online and tried to figure out how to say it. I did, and I totally forgot how to say it. So, Menaon, or Menaon, whatever. We'll figure it out. Look it up online, and you've got one on me. That's good. Who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul? Check this out. While they were worshiping the Lord and fast, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them sent on, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed there from there to Cyprus. What's the point? As we saw, going and sinning is a reaction of a church that's compelled by the love of Christ. Going and sinning is a reaction of a church that's led by the Spirit of Christ. Because here's a group of church, church leaders, right? What are they doing? They're worshiping, and the word literally means they're serving. They're living Christ, and as they're serving and living Christ, they're so sensitive to what the Spirit of God is doing. They're like, God's putting on us. We need to send two of our own out. We need to send. They need to go. And so they go. Why? Because they were a church led by the Spirit of Christ. And so maybe tonight as we're worshiping, as we're singing, the, the Holy Spirit is going to impress upon you to go, and you're like, I don't know where to go. That's okay, just go. Because going and sinning is a reaction of a church that's led by the Spirit of Christ, and we want to be a church that's led by the Spirit of Christ. That's who we want to be, because that's a New Testament church that pours the juice. And so going and sinning is a reaction of a church compelled by the love of Christ. It's a reaction of a church led by the Spirit of Christ, and it's a reaction of a church that's broken for a world needing Christ. Go to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. I would pray that we would be a church that's so sensitive to the Spirit of Christ 
that we'd recognize his voice, that we'd recognize him when he says, y'all need to send some people out or you need to go. I don't want us to be so wrapped up in our plan that we completely miss the spirit and what he wants to do. We want to be led by the spirit of Christ and as a reaction, go and send. Romans chapter 9, Paul's writing, he says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow. Man, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Why? Here's that next word, for. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, those of my own race. Just read that again on your own for a moment. Romans chapter 9, verse 1, 3. What's Paul saying here? Do you see his heart? I mean, he's saying, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish. He's saying, I am constantly in emotional pain because I have people that I know that I've grown up with who do not know Jesus, and it pains me that they don't know Jesus. Are you there? Am I there? I'll confess to you, I'm not there. I want to be there. I need to be there. Because when I'm there, I will go. I will send. It will just be a reaction. Are we there, church? Are we there? Great sorrow, unceasing anguish. That's brokenness over a world needing Jesus. Go over one more chapter, Romans 10. He says, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer. You can tell a lot about what's important to you by what you pray about. How often do you and I actually pray for lost, for the lost, for people that need Jesus? How often? Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may, may be saved. And then later on in verse 14 and following of chapter 10, he says, how then can they call on the one they haven't believed? And he's saying, listen, I have this great burden for people to come to know Christ. And he says, if they just call on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. And if that's you tonight, just call on the name of Jesus, believing who he is and what he's done for you, and he will set you free and you will be saved. But Paul goes, well, how are they going to call on the one they haven't believed in? You're going to call after you've believed. The calling is a response of having believed in who Jesus is and what he's done for you. And then he says, how are they going to believe if they haven't heard? Then how are they going to heard if someone doesn't preach to them and tell them about Jesus? And how are they going to preach unless they're sent? Going and sending is a reaction of a church that's compelled by the love of Christ, led by the Spirit of Christ, and broken for a world in need of Christ. will be our reaction. We will go where we send when we are gripped once again by the gospel, led by the Spirit, and burdened for those needing Jesus. We'll go. We'll go across the street. We'll go to the next cubicle. We'll go across the hall. We'll go across the court. We'll go across the field. We'll go across the aisle. And going and sending is a reflection of God in the church as it obeys Christ. Going and sending is the releasing of the church. It's the responsibility of the church. It's a reaction of the church. 
And here's what's really cool. Just follow me with this. Going and sinning is a reflection of God in the church when we go and sin. I was out in Colorado a couple weeks ago for work, and I'm on the plane ride home, about two and a half hour flight, and I was just reading some of these passages on my own, just praying and asking God, just kind of help begin to massage this message into my heart a little bit and begin doing some study. And as I'm studying this, I believe this was from the Holy Spirit. I never thought of this before, never saw it before. But, you know, when you and I go, we are reflecting the very person of God himself. Because in 1 John chapter 4, verse 14, it says, The Father sent the Son. But, you know, the Father, God, God himself came, right? Genesis chapter 3, what's he do? He goes. He just made everything. And what's he do? He goes to the creation, to Adam and Eve, and he walks with them in the garden. So we have a God that goes. Then we have a God that sends, for the Father sent the Son. What's the Son do when he's, when he's sent? He goes. And then what's the Son do? He says, I'm going to send the Spirit. So here we have the Father going, the Father sending, the Son going. The Son sends the Spirit. But what's the Spirit do? He goes. Acts chapter 2. And then what's the Spirit do in Acts chapter 13? He's sending the church. And what's our response? We go. So here you have the Father sends the Son. The Son goes. The Son sends the Spirit. The Spirit goes. The Spirit sends the church. Now where are we at? We got to go. And when you and I go, we reflect the very person of God himself. And just remember, you've got the Holy Spirit. If you're part of the church, you've got the power of the God himself who saved you inside you. What are we worried about? What are we afraid of? And then we have a message that itself is powerful to save. What are we, what are we afraid of? You see, going and sending is a reflection of God in the church as it obeys Christ. Let me just tell you how God is going and sending through us as living church and how we as an expression of the church are going and sending and reflecting God. This is what just gets me really excited. Right now, we have three of our living church family in Mexico. We have Lisa Stankin, Angie Roberts, and Anna Leichter right now in Mexico making Christ known. And they went, why? Because they knew they'd been sent. They knew that their mission in life was to just go, go tell people about Jesus. So they're in Mexico right now. We've got Lyft coming up on February 18th, and these guys are going around to campuses telling people to come to be part of this. Why? Because they want Jesus to be made known. Why are they doing this? Because they know as a follower of Jesus, they've been sent, so they go. Then we have Kristen, Kristen Ungerecht. Kristen, I saw you. Are you here? She's going to Romania in the summer. Is this because we sat down and said, where can we send somebody this summer? No, it's because she knows that as a follower of Jesus, she's to go. And God's laid it on her heart to go. So she's going to Romania this summer. We have Casey. Casey's right up here. When do you leave for Jamaica? The 18th. She's going to Jamaica for how long? For 10 days. Why is she going? Because she's been sent. Alex. I don't know if Alex is here, but Alex was in her home a couple weeks ago. And I love talking to him. And he, was, he just started a new job. And I loved it. And, and in the interview in this new job, he said, the, the guy interviewed him and said, so what are you into, Alex? Alex said, well, I'm into the Reds. And I'm into Jesus. In the interview. That's a kid that's going. Why? Because he knows he's been sent. He's been compelled by the love of Christ. He's led by the Spirit of Christ and broken and sees that he is in a place 
where he can make Christ known. So whether you're going to Mexico or whether you're going downtown, whether you're going to work, we go because we've been sent. My wife, Andrea, she's not here. Two little girls that are sick. This, you know, just brag on her. I mean, God is using her in incredible ways, and she just goes. The conversation she's able to have with people, and just, just because she loves Jesus, she goes because she knows she's been sent. We have two current living communities, Mount Auburn, Taylor Mill, and we're going to nursing homes. We're providing different um, pillows and different things for people in need. Why are we doing this? Because we want to make Christ known. And it's not like we sat around and said, okay, here's what we need to do. People are just doing these things. Why? Because they've been overwhelmed by the love of Christ, and they're just going because that's what the church does. When it's compelled by the love of Christ, led by the spirit of Christ, broken for a world in need of Christ. We have two new living communities getting ready to launch. One in February, Abe and Kinsey Cheney and Brennan and Bree Clinch. They're starting one in the Newport, Fort Thomas, Latonia area. Why are they doing this? It's not like we approached them and said, hey, we would like. No, it's because God's laid it on their hearts to go make Jesus known where they live. So they're going. We're starting one in our neighborhood on the east-southeast side of Cincinnati here in a couple months. Just God's laid it on our hearts, and we, we have a burden to share and pour the juice of who Jesus is to those around us. We're going to partner with the New Hope Center that we did this last year. We're going to go and partner with them, and we're going to provide free Mother's Day portraits for these single moms. And through that, we're just going to go, and we're going to, Chris and Ungerecht, we did this last year, and we're going to go, and we did it, and it was so awesome. We had a great opportunity to minister to these single moms, providing them beautiful portraits for Mother's Day. We're going to do that again. Why? Because we love Jesus, and because Jesus loves us. And then something else that I'm really excited about is Luis. I don't know if many of you know who Luis is. Luis came to know Christ almost a year ago now, and and he's not here tonight, and his mom, Maria, um, Jose is here. I saw Jose around. Um, but Luis came up to me a couple, about a month ago after one of the gatherings. He said, you know, I have a lot of Spanish-speaking friends, and I want to bring them to the gatherings. I want to reach them, but how do we reach them? Because they're going to come, and they're not going to be able to understand a, a, you know, a lick of what you're saying. Lick is more my word than his. But they're not going to understand a lick of what you're saying because they don't understand the language. And so we got talking about them, like, okay, okay, how do we do this? He's got a burden. God's laid it on his heart. We need to reach these people. We need, we need to be able to share Jesus with them. So what are we going to do? So we got talking about it. So we just recently purchased these radio transmitter thingies, all right, that have headphones and all this stuff. I'm not, I don't know all the, the details of that stuff. That's those guys in the back. They handle all that. And so we bought 10 of them. All right. And Luis, when I'm talking to him and he's sharing all this, he's like, I'll translate. I'll translate. So we got a translator. A kid that's burdened. Why is, he, why is he willing to translate? Because he's burdened for people. He's burdened to let them know who Jesus is that's radically changed his life. And so we're just coming alongside Luis saying, how can we help you? So we're going to go do this. Because it's our responsibility as the church to go and send and to pour the juice of the gospel. But let me tell you this. Let us not be content with just where we are. Let's keep going. Let's keep sending. And tonight, what does go look like for you? What does go look like for you? For some of you right now, you got people, images of people going through your head. I mean, that, that's me. When I hear myself say, Mark, what's go mean to you? 
I say, well, Mark, go to me means, and, you know, people come to mind. What's, it, what's go look like to you? I'm going to ask the, the band to go ahead and come, and we're going to sing in a little bit as a response to this going and sending. But let me, let me wrap it up by this. Going and sending is the releasing of the church to make Christ known. It's the responsibility of the church. It is a reaction of a church compelled by the love of Christ, led by the spirit of Christ, broken for a world in need of Christ. And going and sending is a reflection of the very God himself who saved us. But what does go look like for you? What does it look like? The world needs the church because the church has what the world needs, and it will involve going and sending. It will. You know, we went to Ireland for two and a half years on a missions. Um, it wasn't really a missions trip. I mean, we pretty much packed our bags, sold everything, and went. And days before we left, we had a big commissioning service, and it was powerful. And it was incredible. And I'll never forget it. It was an incredible moment in our life as a family. And basically, in the, and if you've grown up in church, maybe you've been part of those and they're very powerful nights as the church just says, hey, we're going to send you. We're going to support you. We're going to pray for you. But I have to be honest as I think through those a little bit. I think they're awesome. I think they need to continue. But I've often wondered, for those that aren't on the stage, what do they think? For those that are just sitting in the pew or in the chair and they're seeing everybody else on the stage going, I think sometimes we can create this idea that they go and I don't. That's not New Testament church. New Testament church is we all go because we've all been sent. We all go because we've all been sent. And so tonight... I am going to say a sending prayer, not on just a select few, but on all of us tonight. Because if you're here tonight, part of the church, you go. You've been called to go. And what does that look like for you? I'm going to have several people come up. I want um, Abe and Kenzie and Brennan and Bree to come up. I want our current living community leaders to come up. If you're in Taylor Mill, uh, that'd be Hilshire, Stankins, uh, Vandermeers, Mount Auburn, Applegates. I want you guys to come up. Come up here. Everybody, that I'm saying your names, come on up. Lift, guys. Come on up. If you're involved in lift in any way, come up. All right? If Alex, I don't know, is Alex here? He's not here. I'd have him come up too. Casey, Kristen, you guys come up. All right? And there's others of you. Anyone else going on, a, on a, some kind of mission trip in the next year? Well, come on up. Come on up. Any, anybody else? Okay. How many of you are actually going to get up and go to work at some point in your life? Raise your hand. Okay, I want you all to come up. I'm serious. Come up. Okay. How many of you live in a community, like in a house or something like that? Like an apartment? All right, you come up too. Hopefully you're following me here. You get the point? We've all been called to go. Because we've all been sent. 
And we go because we've been compelled by the love of Christ, led by the Spirit of Christ. Are we broken for a world needing Christ? Okay, I'm going to pray over us as a church. And then we are going to sing our lungs out to this Jesus who has saved us, okay? Why don't we do this? Rather than we're all kind of discombobulated here, move in, gather together, be the body, okay? All right, grab hands, wrap your arms around one another, that kind of thing, okay? And let me just say, what does go look like for you as a family? Sit down and talk about it as a family. What's go look like for us? What's it look like for us as a family? With your friends, what's go look like for us? What's it look like for you at work? What's it look like for me in my home? Okay? Jesus bought us with his blood. He has purchased us tonight. And what a blessing and a privilege it is for us to go. Father, I... I call on you tonight, and I just spread my arms open over the church tonight, just an expression of your body tonight. And God, I just pray that you would just overwhelm us with your gospel once again, overwhelm us with the reality as the church that we are loved by you. And God, I pray that you would so move us, that your spirit would so move inside us that we can't help but go tell somebody about Jesus. But God, too, I feel like we need to say we're sorry. We need to repent for our not going. We need to repent for being comfortable. We need to repent for the fear that grips us when we know we should say something, but we refuse to say something. God, I pray that you would remove those fears from your church. And I pray that your spirit would so come down on us that we can't help but tell people about who you are. And God, I pray that right now, if there's people among us that are here tonight that they don't know you, that right now, as the scriptures say, would call out to you, you would save them, and that they could be part of the greatest movement on earth, the church, and have you living inside them, and they could be made new tonight. And so, Father, send us out. You have sent us out. And so we go in your name tonight, break our hearts for the world, break our hearts for the world. Lead us by your spirit and move us by your love. And may we as the church go. May we go. And it's in your name, Lord Jesus, I ask this. Amen.